Hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes and Technology. My name is Opal Singleton and we come to you every Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock right here on AM 590, The Answer. Well, we're going to wade in deep today, folks. This is going to be right up to my ears. I'm going to be in trouble. But if you don't know, this show was brought to you by Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, millionkids.org. We've been around for about 13 years now, hard to believe, and 10 years right here in the United States. We serve as the training and outreach coordinator for the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force, and we are really neck deep into combating human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and things like child pornography or child abuse materials called CSAM. And uh, so we have been doing this for 10 years. We handle real cases. We are uh, out there. We talk with parents whose kids have sent a naked photo. We, we deal with the law enforcement and trying to connect the family when a, when a kid has a photo out there and they're being blackmailed. But uh, even more tragically is when a young person gets involved in either sex or labor trafficking. The exploitation of that kind of thing is just really, really horrendous. And for the most part, up until recently, well, I will tell you, even until recently, human trafficking was and is the fastest growing crime in our nation. With what's about to go on in our border crisis here, it will, in fact, be the biggest crime in America. California is always the number one state for the number of victims in it. And up until about last year, most of our victims were our kids. These are kids that go on dating sites, they hook up with some gang member and or some boyfriend somewhere in one of those hookup things, and uh, poof, they're gone. They sneak out in the middle of the night, or they get in a fantasy relationship, and, and their lives deteriorate greatly. However, we began to see a change in that in the last year, as we were seeing that more and more of our cases are related to foreign nationals. And so you might get the idea that I'm about to wade in and talk about the border crisis. Now, I hesitate to do that because this is not a political organization, even though I understand I'm on conservative talk radio. I have my own opinions, and uh, they're greatly aligned with the radio station. But I never try to put my opinion out on someone else because the idea of combating human trafficking is so great that we need people of all walks of life, all political sides, all faith uh, involved in it, uh, young, old, everybody we can to stop this horrible crime. So I've never been political, with the exception of when I got thrown off Facebook. You know, it's almost starting to be a notch in my helmet here, you know, <laughs> if you will. But uh, we were one of those thousands and thousands of people that were taken off Facebook. They took me off personally, by the way, in addition to me and kids. Uh, I only posted one time in like, I don't know, six months to say happy birthday to my granddaughter. They still took me off because I was connected to Million Kids. And Million Kids, we believe, was taken off because I was promoting that you all vote yes on Proposition 20. Uh, because uh, in the state of California, child sex crimes are not considered uh, violent crimes. And I felt they should be. I mean, I, you know, if you've ever sat with a kid who's 
been trafficked or raped or exploited or blackmailed, I'm going to tell you, it's a violent crime. And uh, but I lost. OK, it didn't pass. Proposition 20 would have had added 51 more sex, uh, more crimes to being violent crimes and sex with a child would have been one of them. But we lost. And for that, apparently, Facebook doesn't appreciate my opinion and they thought I should no longer be on there. Well, we're back on under IE Million Kids stands for Inland Empire Million Kids. We have about 7000 followers again. Um, we're we're rocking on again. We had thousands and thousands of followers before we went on. But, but the reason I digress on this is to let you know that it is risky to take a stand on this, but I have been studying human exploitation for a very long time. I am known for tens of thousands of hours of research on things like cryptocurrency and money laundering. And by the way, trafficking and, and what you're seeing at the border is all about money and money laundering. I'm going to go into that as we talk today. But I also study things like child sexual abuse materials, commonly known as child pornography. And I've done several shows on that. And of course, my main thing is combating human trafficking. So what are we what is happening now is deeply disturbing for us to watch, especially since we kind of have an insider point of view that I want to share with you today. You know, we all see these uh, photos of kids from all kinds of countries kept in miserable conditions in U.S. government detention centers, and you go going, holy cow, what's that all about? Is that really true? We were understanding now that they're opening up the San Diego Convention Center for them. That's, uh, that's how big it is. Last time I was at the San Diego Convention Center, they charged me six bucks for a hot dog. I bet they're not doing that. You know? But anyway, so we see all of these kids that are coming in and people want to know my opinion on it. We're told that thousands and thousands are waiting just on the other side of the border. Apparently about 70,000 in one group was waiting uh, in the hopes that when Trump's wall uh, stopped that the next organization would allow them to just come in. Uh, they apparently are leftovers from that migrant uh, group that was going to crash the border of a big caravan that was coming out there. So it's really, really heartbreaking, and there are no solutions that I can see unless we start to change our attitude towards all of this. Now, before I wade in too deep, let me tell you that I have very many friends who are probably undocumented. I don't ask but you recognize all the science. I work in the business, okay? And I, I care deeply about several of them. And uh, the, some of them are fairly close to us. And over the years, I have known many, many families that are not documented. I've done a huge, I've now trained over half a million people. And I can tell you some of the people that are the most grateful for my training are those Spanish-speaking mothers who come to my training at a school at 9 o'clock in the morning uh, on a weekday where they can get away and sit down and hear the truth. And I just so much appreciate those people. They're lovely, lovely people, and they want to know how to protect their children. In their case, they have a real huge dilemma because they've come in probably without documentation. They may still even owe some organization money, and their kids are in school and being 
uh, met with other kids that owe coyotes money, and they don't want their child, after the price they paid to get here, they don't want their child to succumb to being exploited here on American soil. That's why they came here to get away from it. But what nobody's talking about is we're not seeing busloads of coyotes go home. And so they are bringing their culture and their uh, organized crime with them. And so you look at masses of people. Some of them are good and some of them are MS-13. Some of them have been raped and exploited and others are the rapers and exploiters. So when you look at people in mass, you can't tell a darn thing. The scary part about this is it is not the U.S. government that is now deciding who gets in. It is the cartel and it is those it is coyotes that they are paying money to. And you don't see large numbers of them going home. What does that tell you? That the amount of exploitation about to take place on the U.S. soil, yes, right here in Riverside and San Bernardino and Riverside County and San Bernardino County and L.A. County and San Diego County, that is going to take place right here in our neighborhood because they've all come in together and there is no delineation process that says this really is a poor person who's going to make the most of this and wants to do good. And this one right here is a coyote who's staying with them and collecting money from all these people and threatening their family back home. So we're going to dive deep into this border crisis. It is absolutely a crisis. I mean, there are some people apparently that don't want to use those words. Uh, I've never been melodramatic when talking about this subject. But when you look at thousands and thousands of kids that are kept in confinement in various ways, and you see that most of them are 14 to 17-year-old males, you say to yourself, we need to sound the alarm, and that is what we are doing. My name is Opal Singleton. The show is called Exploited Crimes and Technology. We will be right back. Stay with us. Societal Shift, A World Without Borders and a Home Without Walls. This is the most important book you will read this year, especially if you have children or grandchildren. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by internet, more than six billion people coming together. Technology will provide many great advantages for our kids, but a world without borders for our kids is also a world without borders for pimps, predators, pedophiles, cartels, and organized crime. It is a home without walls because 87% of the kids sleep with their phone. It is the greatest societal experiment of all time. Our kids are technology geniuses and their parents are technophobic. Some are techno impotent. New apps come with no warnings on how a predator will use them against our kids. Advancing technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, artificial intelligence, cryptocurrency, and the dark net will challenge law enforcement, teachers, and parents to keep kids safe. Recent research states that 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed with a naked photo and 58% will meet their predator. It is indeed a societal shift and one in which most parents are unprepared. If you are a parent or grandparent, teacher, counselor, or social worker, please take time to read Societal Shift. Only $18.99 plus $6 shipping. Order today at millionkids.org. That's millionkids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N-K-I-D-S dot org. It'll be the greatest gift you can give your family and yourself. Order Societal Shift today. 
Million Kids takes checks and credit cards. Opal Singleton, the author, will personally sign the book and send it to you. Again, go to millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. Join Million Kids. Keep our kids safe from predators. Hello, this is Opal Singleton of Exploited Crimes and Technology. Hey, there are many good restaurants in the Inland Empire, but really great restaurants are hard to find. Let me tell you about the Toasted Barrel in Corona. It's a trendy, upscale steakhouse with great pasta and seafood. It's a fantastic choice for birthdays and anniversaries or just that special night out with your loved one and friends. Inland Empire Magazine has awarded them best restaurant and brunch for the past three years. The owners, Ed and Shirley, are friendly and attentive to your needs. If you're a prime rib connoisseur, this place is for you. Go ahead and try it out. The Toasted Barrel, located at 1300 El Sobrante Road in Corona. Or Google them at Toasted Barrel to make reservations. I guarantee you, you're going to love it. Be sure and tell Ed and Shirley that Opal sent you. It will be a night you'll never forget. Real estate sales in the Inland Empire are really hot. Sellers and buyers recognize that these low interest rates will not last. Sean and Colleen at Caldwell Banker Armstrong Properties in Riverside are proud to sponsor this show. They are the best in the Inland Empire. They're fair, honest, creative, and they care about you and your situation. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home, call Sean and Colleen at 951-529-4066. AM 590, the answer. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes and Technology. This is Opal Singleton and we are talking about open borders and the border crisis. And I just want to give you a different perspective, a perspective from someone who has worked in combating trafficking now for 10 years. You see, this all started for me way back when. This doesn't have to do with this current administration at this point. For a long time now, various governors across the United States, including the one that I happen to reside in, decided one day, and I don't know when they decided it and how they decided it, but they decided that they were going to tell the people in California that they no longer had to enforce the federal immigration laws in California. In fact, they went so far as to state that California is now a sanctuary city, or excuse me, sanctuary state. And at the time that happened, I thought, I don't remember voting on that. How did that, did that just happen by fiat? I mean, we have federal laws and California is part of the United States of America bound by federal law and constitution. How is it that one individual gets to decide for tens of thousands, millions of individuals that you need to enforce this federal law and this federal law, but you don't have to enforce that federal law? I've had a lot of fun with it in the past with some of you over the over the microphone. I'm sure you probably remember, but you know this is a unique concept to me to have a government leader just arbitrarily decide. You don't have to enforce particular laws. And I say to myself, that's kind of like, you know, looking at the Ten Commandments and saying, well, I'd, I've never murdered anybody, but, uh, you know, this this thing about coveting your neighbor, now that's going a little too far. So we're going to eliminate that when God didn't mean that. So we only have nine commandments now, okay? Because I don't want that other commandment in there. Well, it's about the same process. I, I keep saying, if they're going to eliminate some federal laws, could we do away with the speeding law? 
you know, because I'm always in a hurry. And there's a few other laws I'd like to eliminate before I get around to the immigration law. If we're going to get to pick and choose, you know, is this like, you know, pick the shortest straw kind of thing? How does this work? How do you decide that as a state, you no longer have to enforce particular federal laws? Well, this is really at the heart and soul of my conversation with you today. And I, and for me, it is a conversation. I'm not here to, you know, get you to go one side or the other. I really just want to open up your thinking about several of these things. You, you already know what you think and, uh, and like that, but let me just add some thoughts along with it that when you break the rule of law, you are going to have chaos. You know, the the rule of law when it comes to immigration is America is not saying we don't want poor and oppressed people. Trust me, I've been all over the world. I have 3 million frequent flyer miles. I've been to Egypt. If there's anybody that needs to be able to get out, I've been to Palestine. Okay, if there's anybody that needs to get out and get into some country that can help you, I've been the eastern and western parts of Turkey near Syria. Um, you know, I've been the outskirts of Cambodia. I lived there for four months, actually. And I'm going to tell you, I've been to China, been to Kaohsiung, China, and uh, you know, I'm going to tell you there are oppressed people. I saw one bus in Egypt. Oh my gosh, this bus was like a little Volkswagen minivan thing. I counted 36 people that I could count. All I could count is body parts, so you weren't sure. But if they, were, they could get one foot on there, they were there. And, uh, and I saw a funeral there where they were walking along behind a car because they couldn't afford a hearse, and they put the body in the trunk. And, you, you know, these are people that are living on $5 a day, and they are greatly oppressed, and they are oppressed by their government also. Uh, outskirts of Cambodia. Cambodia has gone through social media censorship long before we did. And I did a whole radio show on that. So I get that we need to let people in. I've been to Colombia, by the way, for what it's worth. And, uh, and a lot of other of those, uh, Brazil and a lot of other of those. But what I want to say is the purpose of the rule of law is that you apply and we can know who you are. We can make a decision as a U.S. government that, yes, you're oppressed and we have room for you because you are going to commit and, and support our society. And so at that point, the U.S. government has a process. Is it perfect? No. Does it take years? Yes. It, it needs to be improved. Absolutely. I don't have any problem with that. But when you take away the rule of law, you turn the decisions over to organized crime who prey on people. And so what you're going to have is not exploited people that are now free to come into the U.S. and get educations and better themselves and their family and their community. What you have is cartels and coyotes who are deciding on who gets in. And that is the bottom line for this whole thing for us to pay attention to. Literally, what happens is absolutely heartbreaking. And by overlooking the rule of law, our nation is endorsing the system, in my opinion. Those are pretty strong words, but I, I'm, it's my show. I'll give you my opinion, okay? But think about it. You're very poor. 
And they are using social media. Cartels are using social media. I, you, some of you may remember the story I told that I read in a uh, uh, Hispanic newspaper. This woman was uh, running a little stand down in Guatemala. And by the way, I know some great Guatemalans. They're lovely, lovely people. But anyway, she was poor. She was too poor to pay a coyote to send her kids up here. Uh, but she had heard this camp migrant uh, caravan was forming. And so she said, I got a WhatsApp. She's very poor, but she has a little phone. Okay. I got a WhatsApp on my, on my phone, told me to go to Facebook. They were organizing this caravan. And what they were doing is they were telling the people, if you do not have enough money to pay a coyote to send your child up here, we will loan you the money and we'll just put a little debt against your property. And a lot of very poor people do that. They put their child in there with the idea, if their child's 14, 15, 16, they get the idea, they can come up here, they can earn some money, and they'll pay that debt back off and their child will have an opportunity. And so that's what's happened with those migrant camps and uh, caravans. And what happened in the last one before they didn't get here under the previous administration is there were tens of thousands of people headed towards our border. But every time they wanted to use the bathroom, they were charged. Every time they got in a truck, they were charged or a bus or they walked or they slept or they had food, they were charged. And then they didn't get in. So now you have tens of thousands of people, many of them young people on the other side of the border that nobody is talking about. And they are controlled by the cartel. And now they're broke and their family is losing their homes back home. So what is happening in that situation? The cartel gets bigger, the people get poor and more dependent on the cartel and organized crime. So who is making the money here? And so what is happening now is you have thousands of people that didn't get in that are now can't go home and their family has lost money and they are being exploited. Many, many, many of the young girls coming through those caravans get sexually raped. Now, this may turn you off, but I'm going to tell you that I will also tell you that some of the men also get raped. So don't be surprised. We don't have services for men who have been exploited and sexually ex violated. We don't. You know, I work in the human trafficking business and we've got we have services here for young girls here in our community for young uh, uh, Hispanic girls to, to help them. But nobody sees the male as being someone who is violated. The problem is when you look at those photos, you can't tell which one has just been violated, whether they're male or female, which one of them owe money to a coyote, which one of them maybe belongs to a, a gang, and they've been recruited to come up here and get into our schools to recruit more kids into their gang. And MS-13, by the way, is not a myth. You need to study that and read that and like that. But now what is happening is once they cross the border, the cartel does not go home. The coyote does not go home. Now the exploitation is taking place on our soil with our people, and we are now responsible for it. Where's the millions of dollars for those programs, hello? My name is Opal Singleton. My organization is millionkids.org. 
I hope that you will share this show with everyone you know. They are archived at maincakes.org. We're up against that break, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Opal Singleton of Exploited Crimes and Technology. I want to tell you about a book I wrote called Seduced: The Grooming of America's Teenagers. It's all about how predators access, groom, recruit, and exploit our young people using social media, online gaming, video chat rooms. Technology is changing at the speed of light, and we have to understand how to keep our kids safe from predators. So you can get this book by going to www.meandkids.org. It's $16. I'll sign it and I'll ship it to you personally. We hope that you will order this book. Educate yourself about how to keep our kids safe in this day of changing technology. Join us each Saturday for our radio show at Exploited Crimes and Technology at three o'clock on AM 590. The answer. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes and Technology. This is Opal Singleton, and we are talking about the border crisis. And I just want to give you a different perspective. Now, my organization is Million Kids, and you know, during our day job, what we do is we assist families. We've educated more than a half a million people. By the way, I want to give a big shout out to Sam Manuel Casino for supporting our work. They are a tremendous organization that uh, really cares deeply about their community and especially the young people in their community. So I truly appreciate it. I do want to point out that they don't endorse my opinion one way or the other. They just simply are someone who has supported our work. But I want to um, take this a bit farther. So I work in human trafficking. I, you know, I see the victims, and uh, we see foreign national victims as well as uh, our kids that are out there. And what I have learned in this kind of work is that the cartels decide who gets in and what it will cost them. And that cost isn't always in dollars. A lot of times it's all about control. Organized crime is about money and a lot of it, money laundering and also about control. And so what will happen is that they will literally in, uh, keep the families indebted, whether they're up here in the United States or whether they're in some little village in Guatemala. Guatemala. They determine how much it's going to cost you. I mean, there is no set fee and an FTC uh, keeping control on there. They decide it, and you pay the fee. Say you pay 5,000 bucks and you get up here and you think, oh, I'm just free to go. No, they don't let you go. They want more money. They are in control of you. They may want you to be part of a gang if you're a young man. And so it is not a decision that you're making. It isn't like you educate against it because you've already sold your soul to them before you ever left home. And now that you're up here, you owe debt. And so that is how it works. And so if you hear victims say, I have to do this because they're going to hurt my family back home, trust me, they can and they will. They look for payoffs out there. They look for control. And uh, people do all kinds of things to pay them back. 
Now, a lot of times families back home just have the cash and they wire it in and they pay the cartel off and off they go and they are free to go. But there are those people who are so poor they cannot and they keep raising the price and taking a piece of the action. And then what happens is they work here and they're very hardworking people. That's my experience with it. As they get ready to send the money back home, then they pay off a piece of it at these check cashing stores as they transmit the money. So this is kind of a, a very difficult kind of thing because once you give up the rule of law, you are giving up the right to decide on who comes in. And for some reason, our agencies do not understand that. The minute that you turn over and allow people to come in illegally, you are in the underground economy and you will pay a price. So I want to share with you a case that just came out a couple of weeks ago. I I think I talked about it in a couple of previous shows. I want to bring this up because I think it's absolutely important. This is an international sex trafficking ring operated in Southern California, right here in Colton and San Bernardino, as well as Mexico. It is a family operation. And this is all about money laundering. That tells you that not the family is the only one that's that's benefiting from this because of the fact that what is happening is this money is going back home and it's being money laundered. It is dirty money at this point because the money, the family ring concentrated in prostitution, forced prostitution. So this is the Paredes family. I may not be saying that right because I'm a gringo, so forgive me if you uh, speak Spanish. But the grandmother is the matriarch of the family, and she's running this down in Mexico, okay? This is not uncommon to have a female in charge of these large sex trafficking rings, which this one was. She worked with the cartels, and she recruited young kids who wanted to come up as unaccompanied minors mostly female, and she told them that she would take care of them, she would get them up here, and they would work in the family businesses. Now, you can imagine what it's like to be 15 years old and see everybody you know going to the U.S., and they're driving around in fancy cars, and they have the latest outfits and the sneakers, and they get into school, and they get to go to college, and no wonder they want that. I don't disagree. You know, the answer is, is that we put the money down there and give them scholarships and build the the situation. So you are not just paying a cartel and getting them bigger and bigger and bigger. What happened is her kids, her adult son and daughter arranged, once all these girls got up here, they put them out on sex ads. They took photographs of them and sold them online. And they were sold throughout from Ventura. They were sold in skincare businesses and massage parlors. By the way, we have some of those here in the Inland Empire. And don't you think for a second, law enforcement is not watching it. They are. They recruited them to work in the businesses. What they didn't realize is the part they would be playing is a prostitution business. They operated out of cool sculpting places, skincare places, and like that in Oxnard, in Colton, in Palm Springs, in San Bernardino. 
The money was laundered out of a business called Fashion Spot in Colton. This is all about money laundering. And so the granddaughter, the brother and sisters, one of their kids actually did the money laundering. What I want you to see here is these victims were exploited. They were recruited under false uh, pretenses down in Mexico. They were told they could get up here, go to school, work in business, and make a lot of money. They were brought across the border by coyotes, and they were put into prostitution on our land, okay, in our community. And when they did that, it was from people from their community who now live here that are setting up massage parlors for illicit sex. So all of this is really about money laundering. There were seven of them before it was over. They served the search warrants on March 2nd. So this is a a current case. Many of the traffic vehicles were located and provided services through human trafficking victim service providers. So this is my one of my points is that just because many of the people are good people, they are, that does not mean the good people do not get victimized. And they are victimized on that side of the border and they are victimized in our community. If the government is going to overlook the rule of law, they cannot pretend that they are not greatly expanding the level of human trafficking about to take place in your community. It already is. And where are the billions of dollars to help those victims? It's fascinating because... I was reading about, as I was looking at this, that the stimulus bill will include $4.38 billion to these individuals that are coming in, these uh, that are crossing the border without the documentation. $4.38 billion. Do you think that money is going to go to their recovery? Probably not. The minute that someone who is undocumented starts getting free money, trust me, you don't think the cartel and the gangs get it? They're going to want that money. Basically, we are just funding and greatly expanding the process. Now, I get that these people are in need. I get that. And I get that they need a place to live and that they need clothes and like that. But to hand out stimulus money to people like this that are controlled by the cartel will only empower the cartel and cause them to recruit more kids and get more people up here because it is a lucrative financial enterprise. And we cannot go around with our head in the clouds pretending this is not happening. So this is not about the great people that we know and that are here and they may not be undocumented. I know them, you know. But when you give up the rule of law, you can no longer do background checks. You can no longer find out if there's a gang affiliation. You can no longer tell if they've served time in prison. You can no longer tell if they are people who are going to exploit other people or if they have a history of being picked up because they brought in others. You have no way to check. When you give up the rule of law on immigration, you allow the cartels and gangs to decide who is going to walk among you and the price those people are going to pay. Many of them are good people, but they are paying a tremendous price and they're doing it on our soil. This is Opal Singleton and I 
be right back. We're up against that break. Custom Service Systems, a proud supporter of Million Kids, is a family-owned and operated commercial cleaning company servicing the Inland Empire and surrounding areas since 1974. CSS takes pride in their ability to maintain the business facilities they serve and their long-lasting relationships with their valued clients. CSS provides a variety of cleaning systems customized to client needs, including deep cleaning and disinfectant to be COVID-19 compliant. From basic office cleaning to windows and floors, CSS will clean up your mess so you don't have to stress. Custom Service Systems cares about families and communities and wants to give back. Custom Service Systems are proud supporters of Million Kids to keep kids safe from predators. If you need the best cleaning services for your business or corporation, contact Custom Service Systems at cssclean.com. Again, cssclean.com or call 951-781-9345. That's 951-781-9345. You will know you found the best. Custom Service Systems. Hello, this is Opal Singleton of Exploited Crimes and Technology. Let me tell you about my friend Doris Anderson at Remax Realty in Upland. She is amazing. She's kind, she's patient, but she listens. And she's informed and she will help you with your real estate transaction in a way that works for you. Doris, in full disclosure, often supports the work of Million Kids because she cares about young people. But she knows how to analyze a market, how to market a property, and how to find just the right transaction for both buyers and sellers. If you're looking to buy or sell real estate or invest in income property, contact Doris Anderson at Remax Realty 951-733-8899. That's 951-733-8899. 951-733-8899. This message is all about Million Kids, the organization that helps locate missing kids throughout Southern California and educates to keep kids safe from predators. Million Kids educates school administrators, teachers, parents, and teenagers how predators identify a potential victim and the methods they use to recruit innocent kids. BMW of Riverside is a proud supporter of Million Kids. Visit BMW of Riverside at the Adams Street exit off the 91 freeway or click bmwofriverside.com. AM 590, the answer. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes and Technology. This is Opal Singleton and we're taking on the hard subjects today. I hope that maybe I've given you a different perspective. You know, I I look at all of this and I'm always looking for, is there some way I'm not seeing exactly what's happening? But I know some of these people and I know the price that they paid. I know the price they paid to get here and the price they paid to stay. And more important, the price to protect their younger brothers and sisters. I know many, many people from foreign countries and they don't want their family to be exploited. And they're as scared as everybody else. And they've seen what can happen. And, you know, the way that America became great is that we made good laws and we stood by them and we supported our law enforcement to literally be able to enforce the rule of law. And that is what has separated us from every other country in the world. The reason so many of these countries are in the trouble that they're in and the people are so exploited is they are run by very, very wealthy criminal enterprises. And so there is no freedom when you are controlled by a criminal enterprise. You may be 
walking around on our land, but you know that you're not really free like everybody else. I often thought back and, and you know, I'm probably showing my age, but let's just say I researched it because I wasn't there. But uh, I look back at the at the stories I read about Al Capone and uh, Elliot Ness and, and the big organized crimes and how they had a foothold on America. Do you realize the reason democracy works is that law enforcement took them down and enforced the rule of law? Otherwise, you would be paying bribes to everybody you know, because that's exactly how business worked under the mafia. You had to pay a bribe. If you set up a, a little stand in the park, and from what I understand, around here in Southern California, some of these park vendors are paying you know, their local leaders, cartel leaders, so that they can be there. And that is really tragic if we revert back to those days. What made it wonderful is the fact that you and I can go out and start a business in your home, online, do anything you want, and you don't have to pay a cartel a fee and so they don't knock you off or shut you down. And those were the old days, and that's what made America so wonderful is because you had democracy and you did not have organized crime, that element in there. And, you know, I see a trend that's taking place that I will tell you is very concerning. I see major cities across the United States defunding police, you know, all in the name of equity or something, I'm not, social justice or something. I'm like, really? If you give up the rule of law, then you give up organized society where you're protected. And it's really that important to let you understand how this works. The reason they want to come to our country is they believe they can get away from the corruption in their country. They know they're hardworking, but you can be hardworking in those countries and you cannot succeed because they will take everything away from you. I knew an individual I suspect he wasn't uh, documented. He sent his money back home, and uh, and he uh, he told me he said, you know, at one point his sister took the money to the bank to deposit it. She was robbed. She on the way to the bank, they walked her into the bank and told her how much to take out. You see, whoever is controlling the bank also shares the information about the money you have in the bank and they tell the cartel. And then the cartel, once you think you're starting to get enough money together to be independent and flee, will go in and rob you of everything you have. And the, once you get organized crime permeated into business, then you never will have freedom again. And so that is the really sad part here is that we need to stop and consider the importance of enforcing the rule of law and, yes, funding your police department. As many of you know, I was just absolutely heartbroken when I saw that they had taken out $150 million out of L.A. police budget. And now they've laid off 150 uh, school resource officers. You know, if you're a kid in school and you, you're being blackmailed with a naked photo or you've been raped, who do you go to? You know, if you see a crime taking place on your school campus, who do you go to? But if you take 
your law enforcement's off school campuses, at the same time, you're adding in a mass number of young people who may owe money to some organized organization in their foreign country who now lives in their community. Who are they going to go to? How are they ever really going to be free? And how do we help them so that they're not exploited? Well, I hope I've given you a lot to think about today. You know, it's just uh, some thoughts I have that go around my head as I read these cases. I know these people. They're good people. Okay, but we all need to follow the rule of law. That is the only way you have control within your society, that if you decide to pick and choose and not enforce, especially immigration law, your society is going to pay a price. Those people are going to pay a price that does not keep them from being exploited. All it does is make them owe more money. And now they're exploited on our soil. And now we're taking away the law enforcement and the uh, the workers that might be able to assist them to get them help. Right now, it's all we can do to find them a place to lay down without being violated. Okay. And we're not sure that's not happening. So this is kind of crazy where we're at today. And I, I want you to think about it. I, I appreciate your comments. If you want to write to me, I'll probably regret this. <laughs> it's always more fun just to give your opinion. No, I want to hear yours too. Okay. Write to me at Opal, O-P-A-L at meandkids.org. O-P-A-L at meandkids.org. Tell me what you think about this. If you know anybody that's in dire trouble, that's in being trafficked or being blackmailed or being exploited, we do have a national hotline number. Now, if you see them physically in danger, call 911. And we don't care if they're legal, non-legal, whatever you want to call it, okay, whatever you want to name it this week. We don't care. They need assistance. They're human beings, and nobody should be exploited in our community, man, woman, or child. But if you think you see a situation and you want to report report anonymously that is not a crisis situation, but you believe they are being uh, exploited, this number, write it down. I'll say it slow. It's also at meandkids.org. The number is one 888 Three seven three seven eight eight eight. I'll say it one more time. One eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. In the meantime, if you value our work and you want to support our work, my gosh, I could sure use it. I'll tell you, I really, really appreciate it. We have come through a year of COVID and it's been a heck of a time. I'll tell you, you can donate to Million Kids simply by going to million, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, kids, K-I-D-S, millionkids.org. You can text the money. You can write out a check if you're old fashioned, or you can give us your credit card and we would truly appreciate it. I so much appreciate each and every one of you that listen to this show. This show is archived at meandkids.org. You can download it. You can share it. You can put it anywhere you want. Also, I'd ask you to go to meandkids.org and sign up for our insider alerts. 
just insideralerts.org or millionkids.org. We will give you the latest information on these cases. This Paredes case is one of our insider alerts. Tells you about all the local cases and also tells you about the latest technologies and trends and trafficking and like that. So I'd ask you to uh, to do that, to go on and uh, sign up for millionkids.org. Orgs, uh, insider alerts. We won't hammer you mercilessly, although every now and then I do beg for a little money because we've got to operate, you know. <laughs> Thank you so much for each and every one of you that support our work. We sat with parents that, that are heartbroken and we help kids who got themselves in deep trouble. And we can't do that without you. So I so much appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate your prayers and your support and your financial support. So, and feel free to reach out to me, Opal at Million Kids. So thank you this week. This has been a very hard week. We are seeing stuff in the, in the news that is just hard to understand. And uh, it breaks your heart, quite frankly, because the pawns in the war that is going on are some very fine people who are being exploited that just want the life that you and I have. But we need to do it through the rule of law. Folks, I tell you, put your arms around your kids this week. Look at them and tell them how proud you are of them. You know, look at your spouse and let them know you believe in them and you're proud to be their spouse. You folks have a great week, and I'll see you next Saturday at 3 o'clock right here on AM 590. Societal Shift, A World Without Borders and a Home Without Walls. This is the most important book you will read this year, especially if you have children or grandchildren. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet, more than 6 billion people coming together. Technology will provide many great advantages for our kids. But a world without borders for our kids is also a world without borders for pimps, predators, pedophiles, cartels, and organized crime. It is a home without walls because 87% of the kids sleep with their phone. It is the greatest societal experiment of all time. Our kids are technology geniuses and their parents are technophobic. Some are techno-impotent. New apps come with no warnings on how a predator will use them against our kids. Advancing technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, artificial intelligence, cryptocurrency, and the dark net will challenge law enforcement, teachers, and parents to keep kids safe. Recent research states that 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed with a naked photo, and 58% will meet their predator. It is indeed a societal shift, and one in which most parents are unprepared. If you are a parent or grandparent, teacher, counselor, or social worker, please take time to read Societal Shift. Only $18.99 plus $6 shipping. Order today at millionkids.org. That's millionkids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N-K-I-D-S dot org. It'll be the greatest gift you can give your family and yourself. Order Societal Shift today. Million Kids takes checks and credit cards. Opal Singleton, the author, will personally sign the book and send it to you. Again, go to millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. Join Million Kids. Keep our kids safe from predators.